Good morning. It is my favorite part of the program, and that is show and tell. Uh, and when we finish with that, just how far back does the right to own firearms go in America? You'll be surprised. I know I was. Uh, joining us this morning, of course, Scott Van Kirk. And uh, Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you brought some fire. I actually had to admonish uh, Scott to put the damn thing down. He just keeps playing with He's He's, he's a, wearing the finish off of him. He's turned <clears throat> into a revolver-aholic. Yes, he has. <clears throat> so, yeah, he's, he's so been... So Larry always brings at least one revolver. I, well, I got to do yeah. something to keep you, keep you occupied. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I brought in a beautiful Smith & Wesson Highway Patrolman. This is a six-inch... High polished blue 357 revolver built on the 29 frame, yeah. which is the same frame they build 44 Magnums on. Right. So this is a full size, full weight, beautiful piece He'll, of American steel, Smith and Wesson. He won't model wear it. 29 Highway Patrolman in 357 Magnum. You won't wear it out, and you won't <laughs> blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know he won't wear it out because you've been playing with it all morning. Yeah, it is a, a beautiful piece. This is uh, this is back when uh, made when Smith uh, is a a hammer mounted firing pin instead of a frame mm -hmm. mounted firing pin. So it is um, got the color case hardened hammer and trigger, um, adjustable sights, and and a really nice trigger. Really nice, really nice trigger. I could do some serious work with this. I like it. It's got um, not a lot of wear because this is a used gun, mm -hmm. obviously um, manufactured. 50s to the probably 50s yeah, uh, yeah. i'd have to look it up by serial number right. but yeah that's the, the the era it's from mm -hmm. oh i like it a lot i really really like it it's got nice stocks on it if you're into the wood um and those are original and i don't think they were uh, they spent a lot of time on the gun because they look brand new yeah um so i'd probably thin them down into something else but i'm just weird that way um, well, I hope you'd take those grips off and buy some thin ones. That's what I would uh, do. Because, well, you yeah, know, that's those grips I mean. are probably uh, 175 <laughs> bucks if you try to replace them. <laughs> well, that, that's what I mean. Okay, I just a, checking. I would put a thinner grip on it, probably a Packmeyer or a Hogue or some of There's a lot of people making cool stocks for revolvers these yeah, days, too. Yeah, some you know, of the... Um, uh, the re revolver renaissance. Revolver renaissance. Yeah. There is. I mean, a lot of a lot of shooters run revolvers. It's... It's it's a great way to to learn the, the sport, and it's a great way to come back in into mm -hmm. um, accuracy. Oh, yeah. You know, you used to carry in nineteen twenty rounds sure. of nine millimeter in sure. a defensive gun. Uh, you take that down to six. Ooh, yeah. I, I if I'm carrying that gun, okay. I really need to. Make, I need to concentrate on being a shooter. I need to be a shooter. Yeah, I need to be a shooter. So it's a beautiful Scott, revolver. Are you? Are you Taking out your credit card yet? Yeah. I'm tempted, but I've been staying away from the big guns. I've been staying into the snub nose stuff, and uh, um, winter's coming. Winter's you know, com you gotta. I, you're gonna be wearing a coat. I need a shoulder rig. Yeah, with this, a vertical shoulder. A vertical shoulder rig. A dirty, hairy vertical yes. shoulder. Yes. <laughs> Underneath a wide collared suit jacket. <laughs> you you could wear modern lapels. That's okay. <laughs> it's really nice though. But like I said, I've been staying into the concealed stuff. Um, kind of my next dream gun is that uh, Kimber lightweight. 38. Mm, 38. Yeah. All right. Can you get your hands on one of those and bring it in? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make my efforts. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. You don't want them to, to go away wanting. No. Uh, getting away from the revolvers, Springfield Echelon. Oh. Nine yeah. So this is a brand new product. Springfield released um, 
in the past couple of weeks, I became aware oh, of it's it. It's been all over. And yeah, uh, yeah the distributors uh, got some early, is able to get one of them in. Actually, got a pair of them in. I think they both Re- remain. Yeah, really. Um, just they put them on the wall on Thursday. They so. Probably won't after this show. As um, much, as much so the, media as this the, thing's been getting. The Springfield Echelon is a full size nine millimeter handgun. It is made in Croatia, part of the uh, HS Products line. It is striker driven. It's a modular fire control group. So down the road, we assume there will be compact grip frames available, maybe compact slides available, so that you could take the existing serial number and buy a conversion kit and mm-hmm. put your, your gun, your serial number, into that other chassis. Uh, the SIG 320 and the SIG 250 both right. offer that functionality. And this is the first time we've seen another company copy that uh, in a major production gun. So the Springfield Echelon comes optics-ready, and what they've done, which, which, which is absolutely brilliant, they've made it compatible with every footprint optic, every optics footprint. So as a direct thread without adding plates. So the, the Glock MOS system has multiple compatibility, but we have to add an intermediary plate to, to, for the alignment holes, for the recoil lugs. On the Echelon, when you, when you take that uh, optics cover off, there's multiple holes drilled, both threaded and fixed holes, so that you can add recoil lug pins, uh, dowels, you know, uh, re- put those pins in place to match the optic that you have. So one of the struggles with uh, customers buying a gun and, and wanting to, to mount optics is we need proprietary pieces to do that. The SIG Echelon is going to be bolt-on whatever optic you buy. I really love that functionality. And this hits the market brand new at 600 bucks, Which is insane. Uh, it comes standard with night sights. Everything you talked about with red dot um, compatibility. Unlike some other major plastic gun manufacturers, mm-hmm. the grip on this gun is just the as big as it needs to be which means it is it's a it very much conforms to the magazine which uh, holds 17 and 20 rounds right? comes yep. with comes with each and if you wanted to you can it includes the the 20 round base pad mm. so you can take the you run them make, both 20, make yeah. them both as 20s yeah. and yep. it's yeah. it um it has a really nice factory trigger yes it does the, this is a trigger that you wouldn't have to do a single a single thing to it um it in it's deleted the grip safety that was so common within the XD, XD line, yeah. XD line of, of Springfield. There is a lot. Um, there's really a lot to love about this gun. And I am, again, as, as Larry often does, makes me regret the optics-ready Glock 19 that I built up oh, probably three, four months ago. Because I could have just waited for this to come out, and <laughs> <laughs> I would have about three hundred dollars less money into the gun and something yeah. that's really, really nice. I, this, I didn't think you'd be able to get these because they were all over the news. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of press, but they pushed guns out. Unlike some launches we've seen in the gun world, where the the product follows ninety days later, right. uh, Springfield preloaded the products into the d- distributors as they were running their press releases. So I think it's a, a much better way to launch a product. Yep. Um, I have seen one negative review on magazines. Somebody, some YouTuber, had uh, trouble with a magazine coming apart. Um, so I, I, whenever I hear those things, I always share them. Uh, sure, you know the, the negatives. But if if that's a if that's a problem that's that, that that that's real for multiple shooters, I'm sure Springfield will address oh, they, it. They'll have um, to. That yeah. that'll be that'll be an easy fix. So I would not let 
that negative press uh, affect my purchase on this gun at all. It, it looks like a beautiful platform. Oh, it's and got a, a, it's got a rail on it, and and look at the grip uh, on the slide. Yeah, um, it's got uh, cocking serrations front and rear. Um, it, it looks a lot like the Glock red dot that I just built up three months ago. <laughs> Even the slide looks the same. <laughs> Except I had to put suppressor sights on that because it's a plate. Right. And <clears throat> so because it de- because you don't need the plates, this is going to yeah. co-witness with uh, with your optics on um, yeah. most categories. And yeah. this is a flat wide trigger. Yes. And not an excess amount of grip plastic and everything else. I hate you, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, and only six hundred bucks. I mean, that is a steal. It really is a hell of a deal. And that's and like Larry was saying during the break, that's probably going to settle out a I, little bit less than. I'm that. guessing we'll see street prices on those in the months to come. You know, yeah. ninety days. We'll probably see these around five sixty five, five fifty. Is my yeah. guess. Yeah. But certainly, you know. Yeah. Well, certainly it, worth every penny of this. Yeah. Uh, I, that is. Neat. I want one. Yet two, huh? Oh yeah, we can I, get you more. I can get two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it, <laughs> I got to stop for just a minute because we're up against a break. Uh, when we come back, we got more show and tell. And when did we get the right to own and possess a firearm in America? You'll be surprised. Coming up, I'm Gary on Guns. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. And uh, listen, uh, coming up shortly, uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. John Lott on the program. Crime Research uh, is his uh, website. And uh, his uh, most famous book is More Guns, Less Crime. Uh, He apparently had been conversing with Shannon Watts. She's responsible for uh, getting uh, a country music song uh, bounced off CMT. uh, And and she's an anti-gun advocate. So he sent her a message and uh, asked her a question. And the result was she blocked him. (laughs) I got it. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to combat logic. Come yeah, on, I, because yeah, I, I can't. So I don't have to do yeah, that. I'll just have to close the door and take my cl- right, block you. I block you. I don't I have block to you. I block to you, Larry. <laughs> I don't have to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. block you. Uh, then uh, we see these surveys, and they get highlighted, especially on PBS and the liberal uh, uh, marketplace, saying that apparently Americans are in favor of gun control, but it really isn't true. And if you ask the question the right way, you get an entirely different response. And that's what John did. Uh, he'll be with us, like I said, shortly, and uh, he will explain the questions and the responses that he got. Uh, in the meantime, it is show and tell. And uh, Larry Wayland has brought in uh, some neat uh, firearms that are available uh, at Modern Arms. The Brown Station location, you betcha. Yeah, yeah, including a Springfield Hellcat 9mm. Yes, this is a beautiful little uh, used gun that we took in. Oh, this is used. That uh, comes with the Swamp Fox Optic. The Springfield Hellcat is a 9mm, 1-inch thick, compact, concealed carry gun. What's the capacity on that, Scott? I should know. Uh, Uh, This is the 11-round 11-round, so 12 rounds of total payload uh, on a Springfield Hellcat. Uh, with the optic, I've got this used gun priced at uh, six fifty five. Yeah, so doesn't doesn't break the bank to get into a nice concealed carry gun. I might advertise this as pre owned because I would challenge the label of used. I'm not a hundred percent sure that this has actually been shot. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, and and all of our used guns, we sell them with our absolute no fault warranty. 
we stand behind them because you can't stand in front yeah. of them. If they don't work as the manufacturer design, we'll buy them back. So there's never a risk of, well, of buying a, a gun that doesn't operate right with us at Modern Arms. Well, Brown Station location. Brown Station location. You say you stand behind them? Because yeah. you can't, can't stand, stand in front of them. That's really, yeah, yeah I don't You know what would be that. neat, Scott? What's that? If, you know, with all this inflation, if somebody was <clears throat> uh, just, uh, you know, they had maybe a car problem or an air conditioner breaks down, they needed some <laughs> extra cash. Yeah. It'd be nice if there was a place that they could go. Yeah, and... Modern Arms Brown Station location. <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. see us. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see if we can help you out. Yeah. Larry's a, Larry's a helpful guy. So you, you'd loan money against that firearm. We certainly have that ability, absolutely. That's right. Because you... You'll and then you can come back and get your treasure later. That's right. License, yeah. Licensed and insured to do so. Indeed, indeed. That's right. Okay. So back to this Hellcat real quick. Yes. Yeah. I doubt that the previous owner knows whether this works or not. Because <laughs> I don't think it's, it's been... It's low miles, but yeah. I, we, it, it might be no it, miles. Yeah, it could be no this miles. This might have been shot back and forth on the way to church every Sunday. <laughs> it's just not... <laughs> it, it looks brand new to me. Yeah, it, it's in it great does. shape. It's in great shape. So this is this is a... This is probably the deal of the day um, to get this set up with the red dot and um, this uh, what appears to be nearly new firearm yeah. um, for six fifty five. And they come factory with the night sight, mm -hmm. um, U-notch rear sight, round high-vis uh, dot surrounding the front sight. So daylight, uh, fast acquisition, and nighttime night sight. Yeah, just like the Echelon. Echelon's got that same sight. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. So that actually be a nice little pairing. Oh yeah, you get the echelon and and the and the. I uh, think you should go. Someone should go the, with the that. Hellcat. Not me. Not me. Echelon Hellcat. That's yeah. a great combination. Yeah, that's right. You know, I got to tell you, uh, I I'd not had a firearm with uh, a, a a green dot on it uh, until Larry changed your life, didn't it? Oh, I want to tell you. You're welcome. That is just <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. Uh, if you if if you really does, does Gwen shoot it well. Uh, no, Gwen. Gwen uh, doesn't shoot mine. I. Oh, you got her her own. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. So I got her. I got it from you. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I got her gun from you. Wanted to give you a chance to brag. Oh no! You wanted me to highlight the fact that I bought a firearm from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location, <laughs> and that I was entirely pleased with the service and the that, price. And that the... Gwen is a much better shot than you. Yeah, that's what I was focused on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, We're working our way back around to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Brian, but can you put in a call to Powderhorn Guns and Archery? <laughs> but Larry, Larry is in the making dreams come true business. If you really think about it, yeah. Well, okay. he did yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gwen was dying to get her hands on one, uh, and you were the first one to bring one into the studio. And uh, man, it well, uh, I just mean, scooped that up. I did not get mine from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location, um, but Larry is the reason why I got one. Because he brought it in, and I'm like, I gotta have one of these. I gotta have one. Of gotta these. have one. Gotta have one. Gotta, gotta, I gotta have it. We are really easy, aren't we? I mean, you guys are awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh Lord, listen, we're not done. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene. We yeah. got a Smith and Wesson M and P. Oh, this 10 one. millimeter. Ten yeah. millimeter. So this is the full size M and P 2.0. The grip that grips you back. Wonderful tactile grip on that. Co front and rear cocking serrations. Elevated suppressor height sights, right. optics ready, ready, the upgraded Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 trigger, and hits the street brand new at 589. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful 10 millimeter. Well, you handed this to me, and the first thing I said to you was 10 millimeter, and the second thing I said to you, for under 600 bucks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a great package. Smith has built oh, beautiful you. stuff. I tell you, right now, if, 
if you are looking for a 10 millimeter, I think this is it. I really do. I really do. This is the ergonomics are so much better on it than the um, those the Glock 20. Uh, oh my the, gosh! Yeah, fe- Glock 20 is like holding a softball, <laughs> you know, com- compared to being able to yeah. grip it. Yeah. yeah, and oh, and the price point and the trigger. Yeah, yeah. It's a winner. It's a winner. Yeah, yeah. Winner, winner. Uh, and congratulations, Scott. You have uh, you've yet to disassemble any of the firearms on the table. Well, I, I'm kind of interested. The echelon needs to come apart because I need to see how that trigger. Control <laughs> yeah, actually, we're, probably, we're gonna rip that apart. <laughs> next, yeah. my mouth shut. Huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He didn't bring the owner's manual, so we're just gonna have to wing it. Yeah. Oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep all the parts. parts. Yeah, go back it. together again. And look, you can kind of tell which way the levers and the knobs and stuff turn. Yeah. If there's yeah. a lot of resistance, try the other way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just push harder. Yeah. <laughs> Until it fits. So we all know that uh, in the Constitution, we have the right to own and bear arms. But how far back does that really go? You guys have any idea how far back it goes? Give me a century of how far back we have the right to own and bear arms in the United in America. Oh, that was a that was a God given right. That's right. And, so uh, that the reason is, it's in the Constitution is to keep the government from making right. laws against it. So book of, I, I don't book know of where Genesis. Yeah, that's well, actually, <laughs> we're just actually, waiting around for the guns to get here. Yeah, it goes all the way back to 1606 in the early history section of an article uh, that uh, that uh, is being written about uh, our history. Uh, Royal Charter of King James the First, 1606 granted to members of the Virginia Charter perpetual rights to bring, quote, sufficient shipping and furniture of armor, weapons, ordnance, powder, uh, and other things necessary for said plantations and for their use and defense there. Maybe so. that's why Joe Biden ends his speech with God Save the Queen. Maybe that's a Second Save Amendment thing. She's, she's dead, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, but she's going to be... But God, saved is a different thing. Yeah, so God, God, God save the king. Lo- it's not long live the God's, queen. It's yeah. God save the God, queen. God, God, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, listen. we got we got to get a phone call in here, and then uh, John Lott will be coming up in a few. In the meantime, Susan is on with us. Susan, good morning. Hi, good morning, Gary. Um, I listen to your show all the time. I told you a few weeks ago, you're one of the most gracious talk show hosts. But I have a question for you on guns, and it might be simplistic. Um, I have five brothers. I was raised with guns. We went pheasant hunting, deer hunting, squirrel hunting. And I own a shotgun, and I own a twenty-two. and I'd like to get rid of critters because I live in a rural area in Montauk County. And I have chickens. Where is the best place to go to get trained to use a gun in the Jeff City area? Because I I know how to, but I want to know what the heck I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Larry? Um, So the Missouri Department of Conservation offers a, a, a hunter safety class. And that would be a very good place to start. I know that their outreach director, uh, Brian Flowers, also has a, uh, a women's shooters clinic that the Missouri Department of Conservation puts on. Oh, cool. Um, the Runge Center? I, I don't know the location, but um, I, can, um, I can get that information to you. I, I don't have rapid access to it. But, yeah, if, we could, if you could stay on and let Brian get your number, I'll follow up with you this afternoon. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. And thank Gary, too. Thank you. All right, Susan, we're going to put you on hold. Get uh, Give the number to Brian, your number to Brian. 
Uh, John Lott next on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us uh, on Gary on Guns. Larry Wayland is with us from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And uh, Scott Van Kirk is on board with us as well. And I am pleased to tell you that Dr. John Lott is with us. Uh, More Guns, Less Crime is probably his most famous book, but he's a pretty prolific writer and, and a purveyor of great information. Uh, and he's got a website. Uh, whenever you hear one of these gun control studies or anti-gun people, you, you got to go to crime research and, and, and get the details. Uh, he uh, recently, by the way, had a little run-in with Shannon Watts. Uh, Shannon Watts is the one that got the uh, country song about a small town, can't do that in a small town, uh, uh, taken off CMT. She's a gun control uh she, it, well, I was going to say freak, but that wouldn't be a, a terribly kind thing to say. Uh, so, welcome, John. And what did you tell her? What did you ask her that got her to ban you, to block you? I'm not even sure I can remember. It's been a week or so. But, well, uh, let me, let was, me, uh, let me it, just read it then. It, Shannon, I know lots of crime victims who understand the importance of guns and self-defense. They know police are important, but that the police almost always arrive after the crime occurs. They know the regs that you push disarm the most law-abiding. Why can't you understand that? And when that happened, uh, she slammed the door on you, huh? Yeah, no, she blocked me at that (laughs) point. Uh, It was basically in response to comments that she was making about uh, the song that was there, you know, about how horrible the song was, and... You know, the song is about uh, basically why there you, you can't get away with certain things in a small town because people will go and protect each other. And uh, and she's particularly upset about the fact that uh, a gun was mentioned uh, in the song, that the uh, singer there had gotten a gun from his grandfather uh, and and that people would use it to go and protect themselves. And so that was the reason why I wrote what I did about, uh, you know, people uh, being able to protect themselves when there's crime. Well, uh, I guess <clears throat> I guess she, <laughs> she just didn't want to have to answer that because she couldn't. Um, well, I, go ahead. No, I mean, uh, I guess I, the more surprising thing to me is that it took her a while to go and block me on these things. But she has regularly attacked me on stuff in the past. I mean, I wouldn't go and block somebody like her. But, uh, you know, it's amazing the number of people that she's blocked over time. Usually she doesn't have any type of response when you, you respond on things except for maybe engaging in some type of personal attacks. What do you think, guys? Would that be because she can't respond? Uh, seems to me that's the problem. There is no answer. It'd be uh, hard to respond with logic is, is the problem. Yeah. You know, the, the mom's demand action is, 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 is really emotionally based. And, uh, you know, facts get in the way of, of their agenda. We have seen, and I've seen, the, and I know the guys and I were chatting about this earlier. We, we've seen these uh, uh, stories at uh, PBS and um, the mainstream media about how surveys indicate that Americans, most Americans, are in favor of gun control of one type or another. Um, and you finally did something. I've been dying for somebody to do this. You asked the question the right way. Give it. Give us some examples, John, of of the uh, questions you asked. Uh, versus the questions they ask and what the results were. Right. Well, we've 
been doing this for a while on a number of different types of uh, gun control laws. But uh, in May, uh, the end of May, uh, public radio and public television did the survey. They got a lot of attention, uh, even outside of their massive uh, network of uh, stations across the country. that was asking whether people supported more gun control or not. But the way they asked it was to reduce crime. Do you support either gun rights or do you support uh, safety regulations? And the problem is, is that I'd like to think that I'm in favor of making people safer too. It's not just the gun control people that get to go and claim, you know, the safety mantle there. And, uh, but when they asked it that way, it was like uh, 60% uh, supported making people safer and about 38% supported gun rights. And so uh, what we did was basically try to make it balanced in terms of do you support people being able to own guns in order to protect themselves or do you support uh, you know, uh, these gun control regulations to do that. And when you do that, uh, it's essentially tied statistically in terms of the results. So, you know, it's, that's quite a big difference that you have there. Um, and they had uh, many other ones. We, we did two other, uh, questions that they had. One was on stand your ground type laws. And uh, the way that they asked that was essentially, uh, do you support uh, somebody being able to go with, if they think uh, they have a good reason to go and shoot and kill somebody, uh, do you support that type of law? And that's not the way stand your ground laws are, as I'm sure you know. Uh, Stand your ground laws uh, require that you have to meet what's called a reasonable person test, a reasonable person has to believe that they are in danger of being either killed or uh, a serious risk of uh, injury. And even then, they're only allowed to use force that's proportional to the, the risks that they face. And uh, they had actually found uh, support for the law uh, by about 27 percentage point margin. Uh, but when we uh, did it, it ended up being about t- almost twice as much uh, support for it. Uh, there was only, uh, it was like 68 to 23 percent. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just interesting just to see how they go and uh, kind of pick things. I mean, you know, when they, it's the gun rights versus the safety type options that you have there. Uh, you know, does anybody really think that that's going to be a fair way of phrasing the questions? But as I say, we've been doing it for a number of uh, different types of laws over the last year. Uh, red flag laws, for example. Uh, the survey questions will say, do you support a judge being able to temporarily take away the guns for somebody who's a danger to themselves or others? And they'll find two to one or three to one support for those types of laws in the survey. The problem is that's actually already the law. You know, it's not these red flag laws that they want to go and claim uh, that they are. Uh, All the states and the federal government have what are called civil commitment type laws, where that's exactly what happens. A judge has a hearing. uh, 
you know, that you, if you can't afford a lawyer, what is provided for you, uh, mental health care experts are involved. So we re-asked the question by just saying, does your support for that law change if you're told that there is no hearing before a judge makes a decision whether to take away a person's guns and there are no mental health care professionals involved in the process? And it goes from two to one support to almost two to one opposition to it. Um, you know, the same thing we did with uh, these universal background checks, these background checks on the private transfers of guns. Uh, the way the questions are asked are essentially, do you support background checks in order to stop criminals from being able to go and get guns? Uh, background checks on all sales of guns in order to prevent criminals from getting guns. You know, uh, again, you're taking something like a 28, 30 page bill and you're compressing it down to one sentence and you're kind of missing a lot of things. So we go and ask them that. And then we say, does your opinion of the law change if you're told, if you're, and we gave them a couple of examples. Uh, one was um, a female friend of yours is uh, calls you up in an evening saying that uh, her ex is threatening to kill her and uh, is going to come over in maybe in an hour or two. And she's asking if she can temporarily buy your, borrow your gun until she has a chance uh, to be able to go and buy one herself. You know that she's trained. You know that she has no criminal record. Uh, would it, uh, how does it affect your opinion of the law to know that you would become a felon if you lent her your gun? Or uh, the other example we gave was uh, you have a scout troop. A scout master uh, asks you if he can uh, temporarily borrow your shotgun for a day because he's going to go and take the, his scout troop uh, shooting for their uh, skeet shooting merit badge. And he, he, he wants just to be able to borrow it so his troop has guns to be able to go and use. Well, if you lend him your gun uh, without going through a background check from an FFL, uh, you'd be committing a felony. And uh, when you ask people those things, they go from like 90% support for uh, those types of background checks uh, to actually opposing them. Um, so, you know, it's so much of this gun control debate. I mean, I testify, I don't know, maybe 10 times in front of state, 11 times in front of state legislators this year. And uh, uh, polls are always brought up, uh, it seems, by gun control advocates to try to convince state legislators that they need to go and support uh, the various gun control laws. And uh, the problem is in the way the survey questions are asked. I think they're pretty useless. They're more kind of push polls. Uh, than they are actually accurate representations of people's views. If you just turned the radio on, Dr. John Lott is with us on Gary on Guns. Uh, can you hang on for a minute? Because I want to ask you about uh, a piece that's up at your crimeresearch.org website. Is there a policy that reduces mass public shooting deaths? Can we, can we do that in a minute? Yeah, sure. 
All right. Hang on. Dr. John Lott with us on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. Uh, we have Scott Van Kirk, former law enforcement, former military, firearms trainer. We've got Larry Wayland in. He is from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And, of course, uh, Dr. John Lott. Uh, CrimeResearch.org is the website. Uh, you guys have any questions for John? Uh, Gary, I, I really don't. I mean, he's such an expert on this stuff. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm intimidated, so I just love to sit back and, and learn what we can. We're so glad you're joining us, uh, John. Uh, John, is there a policy, and you've got this up at, uh, on your uh, crimeresearch.org, is there a policy.org, uh, is there a policy that reduces mass public shooting deaths? Uh, well, yeah, uh, our research director, uh, Carl Moody, who's a uh, professor at uh, William & Mary, uh, looked at a range of different types of gun control laws, like these universal background checks, the assault weapons bans, uh, uh, red flag laws, uh, a number of other ones. And what he finds is that the only one that he found that really seemed to make a significant difference was uh, gun-free zones, that getting rid of gun-free zones uh, reduced the rate of mass public shootings that you saw in a place. And... Um, uh, you know, I think to me that's not particularly surprising, and I suspect not to you guys either. I mean, you look at something like, uh, you know, things like these background checks on the private transfers of guns. Uh, it's bizarre in the sense that you have uh, Obama and Biden, uh, after each mass public shooting that they've dealt with, quickly call for background checks on the private transfers of guns, and yet. There's not one mass public shooting this century that would have been stopped if such uh, a law had been in effect and perfectly enforced. I'm not sure why the media, after one of these attacks, when they go and raise this, doesn't go and immediately ask the White House uh, for, you know, for information on, uh, you know, say would have stopped this last attack. Is there one this century that it would have stopped? Because uh, you think that they would have to be able to point to cases where those laws would actually matter. Uh, you know, and, and beyond that, it's kind of weird when you have uh, uh, Biden go to California to go and, and lament a mass public shooting that has occurred there when California has a significantly higher rate of mass public shootings than the average for the rest of the country. California has uh, has the strictest gun control laws, at least according to the different gun control groups that are there, and yet it doesn't seem uh, to ever uh, actually, uh, you know, reduce the rate of these attacks. Whether you look at the data from 2000 on, or 2010 on, or 2020 on, uh, California has a much higher rate than the average for the rest of the country, and much higher. You know, much, much higher than uh, states like Texas, for example, that uh, uh, Democrats are often attacking for their gun control laws. What are the gun control laws like now in New Zealand? How tough are they? Because I understand they just had a shooting at a sporting event. Uh, well, they're pretty tough there. Uh, they essentially banned uh, the vast majority of semi-automatic guns. Uh, and... Um, uh, you know, so uh, they banned all these guns that they wanted to go and call assault weapons. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, they have very strict gun control laws there now. They used to not have them, uh, but after the uh, uh, 
shooting that they had down there a few years ago, they decided to go and do that. You know, I know uh, Australia is often pointed to as uh, having the right types of gun control laws by gun control advocates, but uh, it's really a lot of kind of statistical malpractice uh, that's used there in making the comparison. What happens is, is that people will kind of point to kind of before and after averages. And the problem is, is that whether you look at uh, homicides or firearm homicides or firearm suicides, uh, they were falling for like 15 years prior to the their buyback in 96 and 97. And uh, they pretty much stopped falling for a while after that. But if you just look at the before and after average, I mean, let's say I hit a line that was perfectly straight, that was falling over that whole period of time, you could pick any point along that line and the after average is gonna be below the before average. But if you look at it and it's a perfectly straight line, you would say, well, it's true, the after average is below the before average, but it's kind of hard to go and see that the law had any effect because it's didn't deviate. You want to see, does it fall at a faster or a slower rate? Is there some type of discontinuity that occurs in the line at that point? And the fact that it goes from falling to essentially not falling for a period of time afterwards uh, would indicate to me, if anything, it maybe had a pernicious effect on it. Uh, but that's not the way the New York Times or the Washington Post or yeah. others naturally uh, they, look at the data. They just yeah, naturally they won't find yeah. it uh, that way. Listen, uh, I really appreciate your coming on the program. I get more information out of having you on the program than uh, any other time. And if anybody is interested, crimeresearch.org. Support them. Visit the website. It is terrific the work you do, Doc, uh, Dr. John Lott. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, Larry Wayland, uh, you brought in several firearms. Give them a quick rundown before I run out of time. Quick recap. We brought in the Smith & Wesson M&P 10mm, their 2.0, brand new gun. We have the Springfield Hellcat equipped with the Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox Optic. Easy, Easy for, for me for to, say. to say. Yeah. The Smith & Wesson Highway Patrolman in 357 Magnum. And we also had the Springfield Echelon. The uh, brand new uh, Springfield product, nine millimeter full size duty gun that is, it's got all the right features and value priced at 600 bucks. It's a, it's a deal. Can't, can't go wrong with yeah. that. You just cannot. Yeah. Those are, uh, those are some great prices, some uh, terrific firearms. Uh, and you will have them if, if Scott doesn't buy them before you leave the studio here this morning. We'll have them at the Brown Station location here just a few minutes after 10 o'clock. Few minutes after ten o'clock. Is Scott going to be down there at a few minutes after ten? Yeah, he'll be in line. Yeah, yeah I'm in line. So yeah. I'm down there signing autographs just yeah. like normal. Yeah, you can, you can wait. A, you can wait a few minutes for Scott to leave, and then head on over to Modern Arms, the Brown Station location. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.